Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. On Monday, I provided you the letter of Archbishop Vigano to Cardinal Zen, as well as the letter Vigano was responding to from Cardinal Ray. Today, I have Cardinal Zen's response, and then some analysis afterwards. This division we're seeing in the Church over the issue of the treatment of the Church in China is one that will simply not go away. So let's get into this, because I suspect that as time goes on, this will become more important, especially if we consider the issue of Francis's health problems of late and the general situation of the Church in China, and the Church in China desperately needs your prayers. So I present to you the letter of Cardinal Zen, to Cardinal Ray. Mr. Cardinal, allow me to use the means of an open letter in order to achieve a more timely communication. By indirect way, I have read your letter of 26 February, which also has the honor of having inaugurated your high office as the Dean of College of Cardinals. I admire your courage in venturing into matters that you also recognize to be complex, thus jeopardizing the prestige of your newly inaugurated honorable office. But it is known that today there is a vice-pope, Cardinal Perelin, who manages to give courage to all the servants in the Holy See. Let us come to the letter. 1. To clarify the vision of John Paul II and Benedict XVI with regard to communism, it is enough to refer you to pages 161 to 162 of the book Last Conversations. Pope Benedict gave me a copy with the dedication in communion of prayer and thought. The question of the journalist Peter Sewald. Did you share and actively support the Pope's Ostpolitik, John Paul II? Benedict answered, We were talking about it. It was clear that Casseroli's policy, though implemented with the best intentions, had failed. The new line pursued by John Paul II was the fruit of his personal experience of contact with those powers. Clearly at the time, one could not hope that this regime would soon collapse. But it was clear that instead of being conciliatory and accepting compromises, one had to oppose it with force. This was the basic vision of John Paul II, which I shared. 2. In order to prove that he signed that the signed agreement had already been approved by Benedict XVI, it would be enough to show me the signed text, which until now I was not allowed to see, and the evidence from the archives, which you were able to verify. It would only remain to be explained why then the agreement was not signed at the time. 3. The apocal change in the meaning of the word independence, I fear, exists only in the head of the eminent Secretary of State induced perhaps by an erroneous translation from Chinese made by the young minutent of the Cong Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples, by now Monoculus Rex and Regnu Cicorum, which was also co-responsible for at least ten errors in the translation of Pope Benedict's 2007 letter. Given the intelligence of your eminence, it is, however, difficult to, for me to believe that you were deceived. It is more likely that you wanted to let yourself be deceived. I don't understand the last part of your letter, which is at least confused. The facts are there. I have evidence that Perlin manipulates the Holy Father, who also shows me so much affection, but does not answer my questions afterwards. 
in front of the positions taken by the Holy See that I cannot understand, I tell all the desolate brothers who turn to me not to criticize those who follow these dispositions. Since, however, the provisions still leave freedom to those who have a conscientious objection, I encourage them to withdraw to the catacombs without opposing any injustice, otherwise they would end up losing more. What have I done wrong? 5. I agree 100% with the invitation to pray. I remember that recently the Holy See also recommended the invocation to Our Lady Subtum Presidium and to the Archangel St. Michael. Obviously, there is the Oremus Pro Pontifis, which concludes with Et non tradat eum in animam inimicorum eus. I wish you happier moments in your long service as Dean of the College of Cardinals. Obliging, Cardinal Zen. So what does this letter mean? Almost a month ago, Cardinal Zen released a letter openly criticizing the Holy See for its normalizing the blatantly schismatic false bishops and schismatic false church in China, especially giving the Chinese government unprecedented powers over the church in China. These powers include the literal rewriting of the gospel to come into line with the current communist vision of the government and its leader, although that was probably not part of the agreement, it's just a consequence. But these powers include also the choosing of bishops, the bulldozing of parish churches, and the like. In Cardinal Ray's response to the original statement by Cardinal Zen, we saw spurious comparisons to John Paul II and Benedict XVI's handling of communism, with accusations that they approved the current situation. The attempt is to lay the blame for the situation at the feet of Benedict XVI, a uh, practice that I rather strongly suspect we should all get used to seeing, especially when he passes away and is no longer able to defend himself. At issue is the presence of the Cardinal Secretary of State, the man who was thought to be the architect of the China-Vatican deal, Cardinal Pietro Perelin. Zen has previously called him a man who is not of the faith. He has accused Perelin of hating the heroes of the faith, the great saints and martyrs of the church, especially in China. Perelin is also accused of being what Zen calls the vice-pope, an accusation made by others, though that isn't really accurate given that the accusation is that Perelin is manipulating Francis and is responsible for many of the horrible decisions we've seen. A more accurate term for that would be a puppet master, or the power behind the throne. To quote a CNA article on this from December, Zen says, quote, I have a clear impression that Perelin is manipulating the Holy Father, Zen told New Blue magazine in a recent interview. Zen said Perelin's motives are unclear, but suggested that he may be acting out of vainglory and a desire for diplomatic success. It's a real mystery how a man of the church, given all his knowledge of China and of the communists, could do such a thing as he's doing now, he said. End quote. He said those words before recently, accusing Perelin of essentially not holding the Catholic faith. The central issue, though, is this. For decades, there have been two Catholic churches in China, the underground church, which Zen has called the Martyr Church, and the false ape church called the Chinese Patriotic Association, which is the state-approved so-called Catholic Church. As the name implies, the Martyr Church faces persecution, including many of its bishops having been arrested and tortured. In September 2018, the situation changed dramatically when the Holy See signed a provisional agreement with the government of China on the recognition of the Patriotic Association and the acceptance of several of its bishops, which then led to the functional suppression of the Martyr Church, whose bishops, Zen included, were told to make way for the state-approved false bishops. Zen has no home or office now as a result of this deal, at least not any formal office. Again, from that CNA article in December, quote, 
The Cardinal has criticized the deal's secrecy, noting that as one of the two Chinese Cardinals, he has been unable to see the contents of the agreement, and that document released from the Holy Sees have been vague, without any name or departure attached to them, and a departure from the usual protocol. Zen has also warned that the deal will put those who have remained loyal to Rome and the underground church in danger, as, a pres as pressure mounts to accept the authority of the CPCA. Guidance from the Vatican recognizes the choice of those who feel that they cannot in good conscience register with the government, and accept the communist policy of cynicization, to bring the Catholic Church more in line with the communist understanding of Chinese culture, society, and politics. However, reports indicate that those who decline to register are facing harassment and persecution. End quote. While the Church recognizes the right of those who cannot in good conscience register with the Chinese state government, those who do not do so face harassment, none more than the priests and bishops of the martyr church. The footage of the Chinese parishes being bulldozed stands as a testament to the resistance and the will of the faithful in China, whose persecution is largely being ignored by the Western powers. It is a tragedy that we don't talk about often enough, and which is for a variety of reasons, including some social media hostility to anything related to that country at the moment. But there is another criticism here, one that has been made about the relationship between the Cardinal, Secretary of State, and the Pope for decades, and that is the matter of control, or at least the wielding of undue power over the operations of the Vatican itself. Parolin has long been accused of acting with incredible power and being at the center of depravity, an accusation that, while his predecessor Cardinal Bertoni didn't face to the same degree, though he faced other accusations, Bertoni's predecessor did, a man with a familiar name to those following the scandals in the church. Cardinal Sodano. As you recall, Sodano was accused of bearing documents of for years related to the Marcel Maciel scandals and the related scandals of a uh, similar nature, shall we say, that dogged the church in the late years of the John Paul II papacy and throughout Benedict's papacy. He wielded such power that he sought to close the archives of the Vatican to Irish investigators during John Paul II's years. There are numerous other accusations against Sodano that I could go into, and I did in more recent videos on Marcel Maciel, but those aren't important at the moment. There has been an accusation dogging the papacy, and the Cardinal Secretary of State for decades, an accusation made by numerous figures, ranging from Malachi Martin to more mainstream figures in the Catholic media. And that accusation is this, that the Cardinal Secretary of State is the central figure to controlling the papacy. At least since the 1980s, the accusation has been that all attempts by the faithful to communicate with the Pope about the sad state of affairs in their home dioceses and accusations against likely St. Gallen Mafia and Lavender Mafia bishops in the U.S. and across the West were getting filtered before they reached the Pope. In fact, the accusation made by numerous voices is that letters often never reached the Pope at all, that his mail was being handled by young priests working for others. The typically creatures, reporting to the Secretary of State directly. Benedict XVI famously told John Venari and a group of pilgrims that his authority ended at his office door. How did that happen? Well, part of these accusations are about money. Always follow the money. Remember when the stories of Uncle Ted McCarrick emerged with him traveling the world with envelopes full of cash and handing them out to politicians and prelates at various meetings? Sodana was accused of something similar mostly accepting money from dirty sources to be used for various Vatican projects, which, have then, which of course then comes with favorable treatment by the Vatican towards those dirty groups, but be they South American dictators or private individuals engaged in dirty behavior. The accusations go on and on, and there are these accusations over the decades. 
The point of all this is that the office of the Secretary of State is, is central to the problems facing the Church today. It has become an office of incredible power and prestige, and for some reason or another, it has become the locus of corruption in recent decades. Malachi Martin's accusations included the Cardinal Secretary of State being involved in Satanism, which, prior to the all-but-confirmation of these allegations against the late Cardinal Bernadine, I'd have thought the idea was a bit far-fetched, going that high in the papal chain. A useful storytelling device nonetheless, but otherwise, probably an exaggeration. Now, I kind of doubt that, though. While I doubt that Perlin is involved in such matters, though, the selling out of the church in China is clearly diabolical in nature, as the rewriting of the gospel in China and the fate of the Chinese martyr attests. One not need be involved in ritual Satanism to be an agent of the diabolical, after all. But what do you think of all of this? Is Cardinal Zen's accusations against Cardinal Ray's and Perlin more evidence of institutional corruption in the highest and most powerful offices in the Vatican, or is there something else afoot here? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Thanks for listening and for your support of this channel. If you like content like this, please subscribe and like the channel. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.